time is filled with quick transition at first. Amen. God bless you, each one, all those that are gathered and are streaming the service. We want to speak especially to you. And uh, we're so thankful for this beautiful resurrection morning. Uh, On this Easter day, uh, my daughter picked me up a short time ago and said, it's cloudless. And so I looked uh, at the great panoramic view here right to Mount Baker. So those of you that are at Mount Baker, God bless you. And God bless each one that is gathered in their homes. And those that are gathered here, we're so thankful for you. Each person uh, playing their part and doing their duty. May God, eternal God bless you, is my prayer. And I want to, on this Easter Resurrection Day, I want to especially um, send greetings And I feel as though I'm in Switzerland. I just felt that way this morning. Uh, I I was thinking of each of you. And uh, my heart was so fixed on on, uh, just being connected with you. And I, I began to feel as though I was there. And you were here. And there was no separation. There was no time zone. And I want to speak a little bit about that a little later on. But to those that are in Switzerland and uh, those that came up from Belgium to the meetings for the last 12 years, and Germany, Croatia, Italy, Russia, and China, I want to send greetings to the saints in China. Three or four of the brothers are uh, in, in there isolated, but not so much willingly, but they're isolated for this gospel's sake. And we want to remember them today. God bless you, brothers in China. And all the saints that will hear the streaming, we say, praise God. We're so thankful, and the one brother said he was so thankful he was able to suffer. My my wife, when once when I was incarcerated uh, for several days, but my wife just was filled with such joy to think that we could join the host of the saints down through the ages that have been uh, suffered much persecution, and we're thankful for that. Amen. Amen. So I want to greet our dear brothers and sisters in these various countries, which I have mentioned in other countries. Uh, One of the first texts I received just the other day was from Moscow, and uh, they had seen the first episode uh, of of, of my testimony, which is uh, has been done by we say the two Michaels, Michael Ray of Cloverdale Bible Way and Michael Dexter uh, down at Brother Tim Pruitt's. He's Brother Tim Pruitt's son-in-law. And I would like to say and express my thanksgiving because 
if these two brothers had not taken a hold of it, it just wouldn't be what it is. And I want to thank you from the depths of my heart. It'll be a blessing. There has been hundreds already that have signed on. And, and it's, of course, it's free as the word of God is free. And uh, so this is my testimony of the things that have happened. And we want you to be benefited by it. Uh, I, I pray that the very presence of the one who met me as it were and uh, did special things. I believe that those special things and those words that were spoken were spoken for this time and for this people and for you. God bless you is my prayer. Uh, I want to especially greet brother brother Francois and sister Susan Lipicar in they uh, brother Francois has pastored in in uh, Switzerland for many many years probably between 30 and 40 years and I want to thank you for your contribution and what you have done and uh, I greet also Brother David and Sister Ann Mayer, and God bless you. I think of your parents that have come up from Belgium to be at the meetings, and how Brother Mayer Sr. was always to our room with lots of things to fruit and and things to drink and what you might need. So I want to send greetings from this church to the saints there that have gathered in whatever rooms you are able to be in or at your homes or wherever you are. Uh, we send you greetings in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I speak for Brother Tom Ray uh, here at Cloverdale Bible Way, uh, Brother Tim Dodd, Brother Murphy Wong, who is translating this service right now into Chinese. So I pray your blessings uh, upon them as you pray for them. And upon all of these brothers, uh, brother into Croatia, uh, the, the brethren there have a, have a setup. Brother Jonathan Lerga, God bless you. Uh, you have your own a group of people that are tuned in to your own server, and I pray it'll go far and wide, and that you'll be able to use these episodes also of the testimony and the service today. Uh, Brother Daniel and Sister Liddy Kohlenbrunner, my, how you labor, and uh, this year, uh, because of the present situation, the convention there has been canceled, but the people are connected. And I pray that God will bless this connection and bless the people as they hear. All of those that were involved in the translations and in the streaming work. And Brother Daniel, you labored so much in the music. And and then your brothers, some of them were uh, song leaders and those that were worship leaders, also Brother Jean-Jacques and Sister Marinette, uh, God bless you 
We'd love to be with you. We miss you very much. Uh, Brother Gerard and Sister Angela Michelot, God bless you. Uh, we would not have been in Switzerland had it not been you come and pick us up and uh, take us to your home and give us a bed to sleep in and a food to eat. God bless you is our prayer. And we we delighted in having you here and we trust that that will happen again very soon. God bless you. And we want to speak of the others, brother and sister Colin Brunner Sr. and brother Gerd Rodewald that was at the meetings there in Germany. How we thank you. And you had Sister Biskel tell her testimony. Actually, I must make a confession. You asked me to ask her. And I, brother Colin Brunner, I didn't do that. I, I thought, well, I'll leave it to you. And I did not ask her. Because if I had asked her, she would maybe not have done it. But you so gracefully asked her, and your wife asked her, and uh, had the chairs sitting up on the platform, and my daughter, Linda Ardeal, uh, her husband is here with us now. And uh, I... I'm so thankful that she was there to be with her mother to give her encouragement and what a beautiful thing it was. And Brother Colin Brunner, how you said to me that was the icing on the cake. Well, I, I mentioned that to her and she appreciated that so much. God bless you. And, uh, so we have so many that we wanted, but we just say, our Heavenly Father knows all that were engaged to make the meetings in Switzerland so special. And the brothers from here have been there and have participated. In, and Brother David Mayer has been here and participated in the camp meeting. And we appreciate that so much. We've been blessed by the ministry and blessed how these nations have come uh, very close together, and the people and the believers have become very close together. Our Heavenly Father has seen that. But there's a greater gathering coming, and we will all be there by God's grace. God bless you. Our Our brother, Pastor Mariano from Italy, sent greetings, and he sent us a message All is well. All is well with them down in Palermo, I believe it is, in Italy. And uh, he was on the phone with my wife. So I want to extend those greetings to you also. Uh, Brother Mariano in Italy. God bless you. Now, if I may take your time this morning, I want to... uh, have you read some scriptures with me. And if you have a few moments, just grab a piece of paper, if you would. Have a pen, a pencil handy, because you will want to make references uh, of the many quotes which I have of different places. And I would like to uh, express to you uh, my joy in being and presenting this to you 
on this special Easter Resurrection Day. And I'm mindful, too, how everyone globally, not just here, but globally, in many countries, you're isolated in your home, but you're not isolated from the Holy Spirit. He's present not only with you, but to give you the same uh, presence and the same feeling that we have here in this in this sanctuary today. God bless you is our prayer. I would like you to take your Bibles, if you would, and please turn to Genesis, the 18th chapter, and we'll read from the 9th verse. We'll read from the ninth verse, but I especially want you to uh, watch the 13th and 14th verse when we come to it. Starting at the ninth verse. And they said unto him, Where is Sarah unto him, which was Abraham? They said unto him, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, and I shall I have pleasure with my Lord being old also? And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh? saying, Shall I of a surety uh, bear a child which am old? And, and is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee. The angel of the Lord spoke to Abraham. I will return unto thee according to the time of life. And Sarah shall have a son. Then Sarah denied, saying, I laugh not, for she was afraid. And he said, Nay, but thou didst laugh. Now, I I want to ask this waiting congregation and the streaming congregation in whatever country you are in or whatever country you will hear this in, I think that the this is, and I want to stress this, uh, this is a very special moment because the angel of the Lord has said, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. That's verse 14. 
And he said, is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee. Now I want to ask uh, all of those that go to this assembly and are listening this morning, I want to ask, is the miracle, is the great miracle of that angel, is the miracle that uh, that he would return, or is the miracle that she shall have a son? Which one of those two? Because when he said, is anything too hard for thee? Brother Branham had an experience, and uh, I quote this. Some time ago I was speaking on that, and a preacher wrote me a letter. He said, Brother Branham, get next to yourself. He said, you mean to say that that was God? I said, it was God. Well, then how did he get there? Now, a preacher. Here's a man who understands the scriptures. And his question is not, was she going to have a son? His question was, how did he get there? How did this angel of the Lord get there? And Brother Branham said, well, he did just get, uh, and he, he didn't complete the answers. And you will, you will get it as I move along in the quotes a little later on, because he said, you cannot take, you cannot teach Pentecostal babies supernatural things. And this was beyond the human language. This was even beyond explanation. This is something that could not be explained. How could, uh, how could an angel from the Lord, uh, tell what was in Sarah's heart? in the tent door behind him. And and now, now we have a messenger that was here. I happened to be in two of the meetings when this actually took place. And he turned his back. He said, I will turn my back. Now you will hear when I'm reading and you'll have the references. That's why I want you to have a pencil and paper with you so that you can reference the quote and go back to it and ask yourself the question. Then God, now I'm going to make a statement just now. God had him and directed the messenger of this age to turn his back to the people and would look up. He did it in Port Alberni. And he looked up and he said, there's a paralyzed man. And uh, there's a man praying for him. He's paralyzed. I knew that man. And the man sitting right beside me had visited him that very day in Port Alberni. But I had visited him in his daughter and son-in-law's home up in a houset, which was an island up on the west coast that had about 500 native people living right there. And he was, he was there in a, a shanty beside, uh, connected to the house. It was kind of a, where they had the wood, a wood box and wood, 
wood stored there. And he had been laying there. He was paralyzed from his waist down. And Brother Branham has turned his back to the audience. And he said, he's paralyzed. There's a man praying for him. And uh, he said, and the brother sitting right beside me had visited him that morning. And I had, I knew he was up in a house this island. And the brother sitting right beside me knew that he was right there in Port Alberni that day. And there were other brothers in that meeting that knew that they had taken him that day, that afternoon, to Nanaimo. And here Brother Branham is turning and looking up at the gable end of this auditorium, and he's saying, I'll turn my back, which he does. And he says, there's a man praying for another man that's paralyzed. Well, I knew right away that... That was Brother Jacobs up in Port Alberni, up in Ahazet. And other brothers knew that he was right there in Port Alberni because they had visited him. But he had been moved that afternoon, that very afternoon. And this, and Brother Branham, the angel of the Lord says, now he has, he's not here in this place. He's in Nanaimo. He had been moved to the Indian hospital in Nanaimo that very afternoon. And Brother Branham, and I'm standing, I'm on, sitting on the platform actually, and he turns right around and he says, isn't that right fright, Brother Mike? And it was all over for me. Right. It was all over right then. Now I want to say something to this congregation. What time zone were they in? There's only one. It's a, it's called, I don't know whether this is scientific or not, but there's a singular zone and it's called eternity. And this angel, now Brother Branham has said, and I'll be giving you the quotes in just a few moments. He reads, he says, the same angel that spoke to Abraham is the same angel that's here in Port Alberni and is the same angel that's speaking to you. And he would come and spend time and bring a message right across your pathway and cause you to see it. It becomes so clear. You say, why can't people see that? And that's what I wondered how people couldn't see that this supernatural thing that was taking place was so supernatural it could only be God himself. And he knows what's in the secrets of the hearts. And so I will be dealing dealing with that in just a moment. But it is, is it too hard to believe that the invisible God could come down and take upon himself a human form and fulfill his plan. I say, no, it's not. And I don't want anyone to read anything into my words, but I want to make it very clear. Jesus said in John 8 and 24, 
I said therefore unto you that you you shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. But you say, oh, well, that was Jesus Christ. Well, who was Jesus Christ? He was the word made flesh. And they had to believe that that word had been made flesh to speak to them what he was speaking. And then to take the word, it's too hard. It means it's to to be beyond one's ability. This is far beyond the human ability. Well, if it's far beyond the human ability, whose ability is it? That's the question. And I shall return unto thee. And when he returns, back in Abraham's day, it was maybe three, four thousand years ago. But then today, and what does your Bible say? Your Bible says, Jesus Christ, the same, yesterday, today, and forever. What time zone is that? That's a singular time zone. There is no difference in time. He is the same. That's the God of this message. And that's what separates this message from every other doctrine and every other gathering of people. And you people that are listening now to my voice, that is, this message is not like any other message. This is a message that's been attended to by the angel of the Lord. And he is still with it. He's abiding with it. He will never leave it. It's none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Same yesterday, today, and forever. That is him. And we are so thankful to be connected to that message. And and it's it's also a concern to us that we don't just let it turn into some kind of church gathering or social club. That's not what it is. This is a message that's been sent from God to prepare people for the rapture of the age and to get you ready for it. Amen. If you that are standing here wish to sit down, that will be perfectly fine. So he said, is it too hard? It's to be beyond one's power. To be difficult to understand. So difficult in friends, I will say, so difficult that in the unveiling of God, the prophet of God says, they couldn't understand it, and they could not explain it. And the angel is telling and I will be getting into that vision, telling the prophet of God, you, I told you how to fish. I told you how to do these things and how to deal with the supernatural. And it's not possible to explain it. So you leave it unexplained. And don't tell him, in fact, as he said, do not tell him what you're doing. I'll be reading that for you. And I want you to have the reference so you can look at it and and see it. It is also to be surpassing. My friends, 
I want to say to you believers today, we have a message. This isn't because we pump it up. This is a message that is surpassing. When the prophet of God turned his back to the congregation and or to individuals and told them exactly what they were there for, that's surpassing. And it's not been done. And the angel of the Lord told Brother Branham, told him, said, no one else will have this ministry. Only you'll have it. And as long as you're on the earth, no one else will have it. It wasn't that he was saying that someone else will have it. But I will, I will say to you, and I say without any apology, since he's gone, no one has raised up. No one has raised up and had that ministry. None. And so I say, this is what, this is the infallibility of the message that we are connected to. It is truly an infallible ministry. So it's beyond, it's to be surpassed. It's beyond death. It's beyond religion. It's beyond ceremony. It's beyond churchanity. It's beyond just religious activity. It is a message which is beyond that. It to be extraordinary, to be extraordinary hard and a difficult thing. And it is a very difficult message. Sometimes it's difficult to understand. God surpassing human abilities, human talents, and human gifts to bring the promised son in the simplicity. And this is in the message, God in simplicity. He says that God hides in simplicity. And then he turns around and reveals himself in the same. He reveals himself in such simplicity. It is not exotic for people to believe it. It's not something that is, you know, that the world has uh, uh, elevated into some sphere, some special place. It is not that. God surpassing all human knowledge and wisdom to prove himself to believers and deliver us a surpassing message that is able to transform us into sons and daughters of God. The ministry of Jesus passed through various various or different stages in, in life. In Luke 4 and 22, it says that they wondered at the gracious words that fell from his lips. In Luke 9 and 9, the Bible speaks of Herod, and he was so happy. He was thrilled. Herod said, but who is this? Herod, Herod had said, John, I've killed, but who is this? of whom I hear such things, and he desired to see him. Herod did. That was another phase. And then in Luke 21 and 9, the multitude cried, saying, Hosanna to the Son of God, to the Son of David. 
Blessed is he that uh, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. And then in Matthew 27, just a short time later, then answered all the people and said, His blood be on us and on our children. And it was. That was, they signed their own doom. The same people who said, or the same people that heard, and the public heard how great and gracious words were falling from his lips, and they, and I did not give all the places, but they said they marveled and they wondered at a child and a young man that would have such wisdom. They said, where did he get these things? They wondered at that. And, and, and now comes a messenger in our time with a, just a very poor education. But they say, where did he get these things? And great preachers and theologians and men of the books and men of renown. And here is a, uh, here's a simple little prophet, even speaking perhaps poor grammar, but he reveals the secrets of the hearts. Isn't that so, Mike? Yeah, that you're speaking with this paralyzed person. You're saying, you may be questioning and saying, well, what happened to that paralyzed person? I don't know. You can't explain it. And even if I was able to tell you, well, God healed him, but since then maybe he passed away. But I can tell you one thing. He spoke to a woman, and I have a picture of her. We have a very nice picture of her. Effie Tate is her name. And she... She was in the meeting in Port Alberni. And her son, she had a son who was having terrible epileptic fits. In fact, as he was having so many fits, they didn't feel that he would live to be a young man. And they thought that he, he should die. He was about 16 or 17. He told me he was 19 years old then uh, during the meeting in Port Alberni. And I'm sitting on the platform and... Brother Branham speaks to the woman. She doesn't even come up in a prayer line. Speaks to her and speaks to her about her son and that epilepsy left him. My wife and I visited this man about three, four years ago. And he was also in the Rainbow Lodge in Port Alberni. And he said, I said to him, do you remember that day when Brother Branham said that you'll be free from epilepsy? He said, oh, yes, yeah. I said, how, uh, how, how's it been since then? He said, I've never had another, never had another fit since that time. Where does that come from? That's what I ask you. Where does that come from? That's the kind of God that we support and we believe. And this is the kind of message that we believe. This is the kind of messenger that we believe. And uh, you'll understand why I feel that way. And then, then they, they crucified him. They said, his blood be on us and on. Then the days and the disciples, just like you, just like me. We have the days of power and the days of miracles and the days of great things. But then there was the days of silence. Then the days of silence. The judgment hall. The accusations, 
the crucifixion, the death and the burial. How can you understand that? How can you understand that he must go through this? He must pay the penalty of our sin. He must do it. And then he will, the Father will send his own spirit into the church. And whatever the prophet of God of this generation declared, he said, it's God in you, the hope of glory. This was the miracle of the Bible. This was accomplished. This It took the visitation of the angel of the Lord to even bring this about. To bring this knowledge of the scripture to you. He says, and in many places then I looked up, and it would be good for you to do a personal study and look up. I'll turn my back. I said, what is so much? What is so great about that? Is it supernatural? Is it from God? What do we do about it? In 1950, our brother Branham was speaking. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you this as a reading. So I, I give you this uh, out of Jehovah Jireh, and this is 1955. Some time ago I was speaking on that, and a preacher wrote me a letter. He said, Brother Branham, get next to yourself. He said, you mean to say that that was God? I said, it was God. Well, how did he get here? That was his question. How did he get here? Well, he did just get, and then he dropped off. He told Abraham, is anything too hard for the Lord? And I say, is it too hard or is it too difficult to believe that the invisible God could take upon himself a human form and fulfill part of his plan? Here's what the meaning of the hard. Is it too difficult to understand, to show oneself Oh, wonderful and marvelous. God is showing himself superb, marvelous. I was sitting on the platform. I'm, I'm giving personal testimony today, some of it. Some of you will hear it for the first time. But I was sitting on the platform over on this side when Brother Branham turned his back and he told about Brother Jacob's. Uh, he was in Nanaimo in the Indian hospital. And a brother, Mike, was down on this side praying for him. And, and Brother Branham feels that he should speak about germs and the diseases. And so he takes and he starts to, he starts to read about that in But watch what kind of a miracle this angel did that stayed with Abraham. He had his back turned 
and told Abraham his name had been changed, he called him Abraham instead of Abram. He could not have the baby till his name was changed, neither Sarah. He told them that their name was, what their name was. The angel told them that, and he said that he was going to visit Sarah according to the time of life. And when Sarah laughed, the man, I have it underlined, with his back turned, the man eating flesh of the calf and drinking the milk from the cow and eating bread, a man, dust on his clothes, a traveler was God himself. And Abraham recognized it because he knew the thoughts that was in Sarah's heart behind him. Now he'd have, he'd have took Sarah's life right there for her to disbelieve. But see, she is part of Abraham. Oh, I just rejoice in this. And I want you to rejoice in this as well. And our unbelief, your unbelief, it's not that you disregard and say, I don't believe that, but something that's too wonderful, it's too surpassing, it goes off into another dimension and you can't, you can't put it together, but, but you believe. And that is what we're referring to. And our unbelief in his great manifestation in this hour, and see, the manifestation in this hour is so great. It goes beyond human language. It goes beyond any language. You just can't grasp it. You can't explain it. People ask me, what was it like when the angel of the Lord came? I don't know. I, I can't tell it. I can't explain it. All I can tell you is it had a certain effect. It just had a certain effect. And I can tell you one thing that became a reality, and that's in the last few hours, is that one that was 2,000 years ago or 4,000 years ago with Abraham is the same one that was present on earth and is the same one that brought Peter out of prison, and the same one that met Paul on the road to Damascus. And that's the same one. And the prophet of God says, it's the same one that is here tonight. He says, the same one that's here while I speak to you. It's the same one. And then I say, I don't know if it's scientific or not, but that's that means nothing to me. It's a singular zone. Now, some of you people are in different time zones. You'll hear this, and it'll be tomorrow morning, or it'll be 16 hours from now. I don't know. And some may not hear it for some days. But I will tell you this. That's the same one that I speak to you tonight. And it's the same one that was there. And then I, I realized just this morning before I came to the church to speak to you. That is the same one 
This is a singular time zone because he's the same yesterday and today and forever. It's the same one that you're going to meet in eternity and we're going to rejoice together. The Bible says, and in fact, as the prophet of God said, when, uh, when the, when the elders beheld him and he took the book, he took the book into his hand from him that had the, was on the throne and he had the book that was the sealed book. And though this one came and took that sealed book, And the elders threw their crowns down. That was their response. They threw their crowns. They didn't feel they were worthy of crowns on their head. They threw it down on the ground because he had taken the book. And in that book was your name. In that book was my name. In that book was the name of the bride of Jesus Christ. In that book is every believer's name. Your name was in that book. And it's not that he detailed all our evils and sins and unbelief, but what was detailed in there is that when the book was opened, we believed it was opened. When uh, one who took it in his hand, we believed that he was worthy to take it, and anything we have is not worthy to be recorded of it. And so... And that's why the prophet of God said, And our unbelief in his great manifestation in this hour, we're a part of Christ. He has to keep it. He has to keep it. We don't have to keep it. He's the one that keeps it. He's the one. You say, well, that is, how can I believe something that is beyond my comprehension. Well, you better get used to it. Because that's what, that's what this gospel is all about. And that's why the prophet's message. And I'll tell you, they turned away from him in droves. They turned away from Jesus in droves. They turned away from Paul in droves. They turned away from Luther in droves. They turned away from all the messengers in droves. But there were still a few that were believers. Amen. Amen. And there is no power that could turn them aside. Amen. Well, I want to continue on here a few moments. You'd believe it was that same Lord. Now he's speaking. This is in 65. Does God change his mind in Los Angeles? You'd believe it was... That same Lord Jesus, notice now, same God, not another. You believe that as that same Lord Jesus, that one that was here. That one that was, they said, Hosanna to the, to the son of David. Even though he wasn't there to fulfill that, they couldn't understand it. You believe it was that same Lord Jesus, same God that could tell Philip, where he was, tell Simon what his name was. Do you believe him to be the same one? Your trouble is a bowel trouble. The sister says exact. That's exact. 
Isn't that right? Yes, sir, she says. You believe me now to be his prophet? Your name is Mrs. Bear. Mrs. Bear. Bear. Like bear in aspirin. I've never heard him say that like he says it there. That's right. You're healed. Go on. Jesus Christ made you well. Now I say, is that the Jesus that walked here? Absolutely. It's the same, it's the same God. And then he says, you believe it was that same Lord Jesus, that same God that could tell Philip where he was, tell Simon what his name was? Do you believe him to be the same one? Now, you're really not here for yourself. He's speaking the same one. You're here for somebody else. It's a man. And he's not here. A brother. That brother is in a mental institution. Take that handkerchief you got in your hand. While that spirit is on you, send it to him. Put it on him. Don't doubt. He'll come out of the institution and you'll, and, and will be well. Do you believe it? God bless you. You say that, you said that angel is the last day. In the last day is here. He had his back turned. Well, you look. I won't look at this woman. I turned my back. What is he doing? He's replicating exactly what he just said to the, to the people. I'll turn my back. Now, lady, the one with the patient, can you hear me? Say yes. Sister says yes. If the Lord Jesus will reveal to me what's your trouble, when I'm looking this way, you'll know whether it's the truth or not. Do you believe then it's to fulfill what Jesus said? Notice this, please. Do you believe then it's to fulfill what Jesus said? I would, it would be done in the last days as it was in the days of Sodom. Now that's when he turned his back. He didn't just turn his back, but He said, where's Sarah, your wife? She's in the tent behind you. But also, just a little further on, was Sodom. And the men lifted up their eyes and they moved towards Sodom. And the Bible says Abraham went on to carry them on their way, to take them on their way, to see them off. And they went to Sodom. And then you know what happened in Sodom. And this was the sign that was demonstrated of who he was and to bring fire down from heaven and to, for those people to be in such a wicked state and glorifying their condition. It'd be exactly as it is today. He said, would be done in the last days and it was being done right then. What God was it? It was a singular time zone. Whether it was 4,000 years ago, 5,000 years ago, we don't care. Whether it was 2,000 years ago, we don't care. Whether it was 50 years ago, we don't care. It's the same one who was in attendance 
with this message. And we believe it. We believe it with all of our heart. We stand here as a, uh, an emblem, if you would. Or we stand here as believers, living believers, filled with His Spirit. Will you believe it, he said to the lady. You have a lady's disorder, a female trouble. Believe with all your heart now. You'll leave, you can go home and be well. God bless you, if thou canst believe. Now, Brother Brennan does something strange, and I want to just jump into it. Back in 1950, he says, what is a germ? Now, we take a cancer. What is it first? Why, it's a growth. Tumor, cataract, goiter. They're growths. I want to just stop here. I just had a, uh, I just had a cataract removed. And the prophet says, well, it's, it's a growth. Yes. But there's another part of this Bible that I have here in my hand that speaks about my age. It says that a person's vision may become dull or dim, and mine has become dim. <laughs> and But that's not too dim. And uh, we have things that happen naturally by our age. God doesn't promise us, you know, fix, I'll fix everything. I'll make, that's coming. I'll be a young man. That's just across the, that's just across the bridge. I'll, I'll be a young man. And uh, you, you'd like me to stay at this post of duty forever. Well, that's fine. You try it when you get my age. But he asked, what about, what about this germ? And and tumor and cataract and goiter, they're growths. Is that right? And they become malignant and cancers. Well, a growth is a multiplication of cells. And let's dig down below that now. Below that growth is a group of cells. Then it goes down to the germ. Well, what is a germ? A germ is a teeny little cell, teeny little thing that can only be seen, not with the natural eye, but through microscopes. But below that, then, it's got life. It moves. It's got the life in it. What's below that in that germ? Well, it becomes a spirit. And there's only two resources that spirits can come from. That's either from God or the devil. Now, that germ, let me... Just take this little a little further. Do you realize that you came from one little germ? There was a time when you wasn't nothing. Well, the germ of life comes from the male sex. So I said there was a time when it wasn't nothing. But it comes from the male. And I like what he says about this. For instance, an old mother bird, he gives this example, an old mother bird could make her nest and lay it full of eggs 
she could get on them and warm those eggs and hover them and stay till she couldn't get off the nest. And not one of those eggs would hatch. They would lay right there and rot in the nest because they haven't been with the male, the mate. She hasn't been with the male bird, and therefore they're not fertile. That reminds me of a whole lot of these old, cold, formal churches. They haven't been with the male, Jesus Christ. Now, I ask you, what kind of wisdom is that to reach into the God of nature and that mother bird? And she'll build a nest and she'll fill it full of eggs. But not one unless she's been with the male, the male, the male, male friend. And he's like, and then he swings it right down to the church. That reminds me of a whole lot of these cold formal churches. They haven't been with the male, Jesus, Christ Jesus. Not a book. They haven't been, that's not a book. They haven't been with him. There's something about him that makes a person fertile. There's something about him that makes a person different. You can bring forth something. You bring forth a life. They're not believers in the first place, he says. He's still on We believe that Jesus Christ, now he's still on the same subject. He said, we believe that Jesus Christ was of a virgin birth. You hear a lot in the full gospel churches argue concerning that. Brother Ben never argued about it. He didn't have to. But Jehovah God overshadowed her, Mary, and created in her womb a blood cell, which was by himself a created power. And from that blood cell came the man, Christ Jesus. And he was the blood of his father by a virgin birth. And friends, if you don't believe that, then you can't be saved. No other way but through the blood of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, which is the blood of his father God, unadulterated, no sex mixed into it at all. It was a created birth. And I say, Amen. Amen. Glory to God. It was a created birth. And in Revelation it says, And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. And that's the blood cell. That's why we are born again, born of that blood cell and have a new birth. Brother Brown tells of a vision. 
and I'm still on the same subject. He tells of a vision, and uh, I just have condensed uh, part of it here first. Is unable to lace a little baby shoe with a large lace in the vision. And then uh, one that is speaking to him says, you can't teach Pentecostal babies natural, supernatural things. You'll cause, you'll cause carnal impersonations. 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 You'll cause impersonations. And the reason why I am dwelling on that is because I lived through that era. I lived through that time and saw so many that had uh, impersonations, call out people out of the audience and so on. He says, and then he said, the one uh, speaking to me instructed me how to cast and fish. I'll make you fishers of men. Say, now can you put it together? And just then, it says, seemed like I went off into another dimension. And I was standing by a lake. And he had taken me and set me down there by this lake. There was lots of ministers around fishing. But said, don't tell. And the angel of the Lord said to him, don't tell anybody, don't tell nobody how you're doing it, said, keep still, don't tell nobody what you're doing. In other words, but he had spent about the first eight to ten years, and he tried to describe, and he even explained why, and then he would tell them, you can't understand it. And, and, and he would say, you've heard him say this, don't ask me, I just can't explain it. He couldn't explain it. So I said, I understand. And I threw it away out. And just as I did, all these ministers and people run around and said, praise the Lord, Brother Branham will really catch fish. That's what they were wanting. They were wanting him to catch fish and bring the people into their congregation. I lived through that. Praise the Lord. Brother Branham will really catch fish. There was, there was going on like that. Now friends, I'm going to say some things and some of you may rejoice and some of you may well Say, well, we don't want you to humanize our prophet. We don't want you. I've cut some things out. But he says here, he says, I'm a sinner. I make mistakes every day. What? You have a prophet who makes mistakes every day? Well, he showed the man side of things as well. And so I want to, I want to just stay with what he said. I said, now I'll tell you how it's done. Here's the way you do it. This same angel of God that's always spoke to me said, 
you've done just what I told you not to do. I told you to keep it to yourself and said, look what you've done. Took, look at the carnal impersonations. You got rose. See? And I hear people say, Brother Branham, oh, the Lord's give me a ministry. You got probably greater, yeah, but just like that. No, never will be as long as I'm on the earth. He told me that in the beginning, <clears throat> never will be, this told him right in the beginning of his ministry, never will be as long as I live. Now he told me that, and I hear people say that, and I know it's wrong, but I just want, I just don't want and how to tell them. He said, you cause impersonations, and then I started weeping. And I I took the string and was trying to straighten it out. And just then he looked at me, and I wondered what he was going to do. And he said, keep your line straight. Keep your line straight in these kind of times. And I want to say to this congregation and to the people that are listening, keep your line straight. Keep your faith straight. You don't have to do things which you know will get all tangled up. The scripture speaks of those things. Things that are unscriptural and things that will tangle up our lives. Get all swept up with just what this world is doing and what their decisions are. This is Satan's Eden. This is Satan's kingdom. And we're not here advancing Satan's kingdom. We're here, we have to live with it, we have to deal with it, and so on. But we're not here to be subjected to his mode of, his mode of, uh, Acting. Keep your line straight in these kind of times. I said yes. So I got the line ready to throw again. And just as I did at that time, he taken me away again and he stood me up. Is it all right if I carry on a few minutes? And he stood me up in the air over a great auditorium. Up or big tent, or I never seen such a tent spread out. The most significant thing, these are my words, the most significant thing that has ever taken place was when the Lamb himself took the book and opened the seven seals. That was the most significant thing. He took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. Who was it? The owner, the original owner that had the book of redemption in his right hand. And no angel, no angelic being, nothing else could take that place. And this bloody lamb walked out 
and took the book. Now think about the cell, the blood cell that made him. And he took the book out of the hand, out of his hand. What was it, brother? He said, this is the most, I want you to catch this, please. This is the most sublime thing in the scripture. An act that not an angel, not nothing could do it, but the lamb come and took it from the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. What was it? Now it behooves, it belongs to the Lamb. Amen. And he, he, he dwells on that just a, a, a moment or two. God's laws required it. He's the one that holds it. God's law required a kinsman redeemer. And the Lamb come out boldly. I am, I am their kinsman. I am their redeemer. I now have made intercession for them. I now, and now I've come to claim their rights for them. Amen, amen. I've come to claim their rights in that they have a right to everything that lost in the fall. I thought of Michael's service. I was sitting listening to it and he talked about a tennis ball and dropping it. He talked about a much heavier item uh, like a uh, what kind of a ball? A bowling ball, yes, and dropped it. And it'll do a lot more damage. And I thought about Adam was the last thing that was created in creation. And when he fell, he made a big hole. When he fell, and, and the Bible says, one man, sin came by one man. And, and Adam wasn't deceived, but he took Eve's deception. And uh, to make it, to make it proper, he says, I've come, I've come to claim their rights in that they have a right to everything, everything that lost in the fall. And I've said, and I've paid the price. Oh, brother, don't it make you feel religious? Not by good works, which we have done, but by his mercy. Oh, wait a minute. And them elders and everything else begin to throw off their crowns. Dignitaries begin to get on the ground. See? No one, no one could do it. And he walks right up to the right hand of God and took the book out of his hand and claimed his rights. I have died for them. I am their kinsman redeemer. I am the mediator. My blood was shed. I have become a man. I have become man. And I did this in order to get that church back again. The one I foresaw before the foundation of the world. I have purposed it. I spoke that it would be there. And nobody was able to take it. But I went down 
and done it myself. I am their kinsman. I became kinfolks. And he takes the book. Oh, who's waiting there for me tonight? Oh, who is that one church that's waiting there? What else could wait there for you but the kinsman redeemer? Oh, my, what a sublime act. And that's why I take this especially. This is the sublime act. The sublime act wasn't who he would heal in the church. The sublime act wasn't some large auditorium with 30 or 40,000 people. The sublime act is that he would claim that book. Your name was in that book. Your name was in that book. My name was in that book. It was muddy. No good works could clean it up. Nothing could clean it up. But our name was in that book. And he took it with all of our faults and all of our weakness and all of our misunderstanding and all of our attempt to want to try to understand it and know it. But we can't. It goes beyond us. And and we we have to say with the songwriter, why does he love me? Why Why does he do that? And often I've had, when people have come and given their lives to Christ, and the burden of sin leaves them, and the guilt of sin leaves them, then one of the first questions I say, why did he do it? <laughs> why me? <laughs> don't, don't worry about why me. He, he, he has his own reason for doing it. <laughs> and I was so happy and thankful today for the body of Christ. I thought, my, what a glorious body. There in Switzerland or down in Italy or over in Croatia or in China where they're suffering persecution. And we are there with you as though we are bound with you, as though we're in fetters. But yet, Paul said, remember my bonds. And we do remember it. And I would say to you as believers, uh, as believers of of this message, we believe the same word you believe. We do not propagate it to get you in difficulty. But if the laws of the land cause difficulty, well, we will do what we need to do. And we will seek to get you the words of life. That's why this church... And the Chinese community within this church have sponsored it, really desired, and our brother Murphy has given his life and translated the entire Bible to make sure that it is the closest Bible there is to the King James Version, which Brother Branham used, and he supported. It was that Bible, and he held that Bible That Bible is correct. And we can see how the enemy hates that word of God. He wants to make it illegal. No matter what man says, it'll never be illegal. It's God has called it. God's prophet has called it. A Bible that he supports and stands behind. And a Bible that works. 
I can say if we ask anything in his name, he shall do it. And let us pray. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for this time. We're so thankful we want to say glory to the Almighty God, which has brought forth the body of Jesus Christ. I want to thank you for the body of Christ. I want to thank you for each member of the body. I thank you for the people that have made all of this possible and the musicians that come out and the, and the sound people that come out, Lord, and those that work with the video and do whatever that they can, every person in their place. And when we think of the body of Christ, the needy ones, Lord, our, our dear sister, that we had a prayer request for earlier. We pray for the brethren that are in institutions in, uh, in China and the different countries. And for those, oh God, that have stood behind the work in Switzerland, it is not in vain, for you have accomplished your purpose, oh God. And I pray, Father, that the comfort of the Holy Spirit will be their portion. Almighty God, may the reality of the rapture be upon them and may they realize you are the eternal one. There is no time zone. There's one singular time zone. They are in in the same time zone that we are in. And we are in Jesus Christ, the same yesterday today and forever. That is the theme of this message. Oh God, you're the same. We thank you for this day. We thank you for this time. And we want to declare, this is what we believe. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray you'll inspire the people for your glory. Amen. Amen. And I trust that this will be a, a blessing to you. You'll be able to take these many different quotes that you saw come up on the screen and use them freely. And let me just say this as a witness. I'd like to, uh, I would like to encourage you with everything that's in me. The longer you live, and I trust it won't be that much longer. <laughs> But the longer you live, the more precious that becomes. The longer you live, it just seems that the less you know and the less you can explain. But he is more wonderful. And then you just give it all up and just say, Lord, I just surrender it all to you. Whatever, whatever your will is and however you want to direct our footsteps, we give it over to you. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Amen.